0: From Wyoming Public Media. This, this, this is, this is spoken. Spoken. spoken Words. Spoken Words. This is Spoken Words. I'm Micah Schweitzer.
1: A lot of the subjects I deal with in the book are considered taboo subjects. Sexual violence, violence at home, uh, violence in the culture in general, these more mystical components of my own experience...
0: This week we hear from Kate Cabot, she lives in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and in addition to her life as a writer, she leads workshops and intensives. Today, Kate Cabot reads from Uncharted, A Journey Along the Edge of Time and Survival. This book does deal with sexual violence, so if you're a listener who is sensitive to these themes, or if you're listening with your kids, now would be the time to stop. Kate's book spans the time of childhood to adulthood. It's a memoir that focuses on her repeated instances of exposure to violence.
1: And so the pivotal uh, event is at 19 on the desert in Nevada when friends and I have been abducted from our route home and tortured and raped and really barely survived in a lot of ways. We're lucky. We're very lucky that we did. And so I, I'm very interested in patterns, how one thing becomes another. These patterns for me began in childhood, not because I was exposed to violence directly from family, but within culture. And it's important when someone pulls their life back together from extremes to be able to see those patterns, to make whole again. Time is this very permeable kind of uh, experience. I was going to say reality. I don't, I'm not sure I can even use that word. And so. When we don't deal with what is in what we classically call our past, it's in the present with us. And so to to put that at rest, I mean, my history is what it is. Everything happened to me. But it no longer owns me in any way. I own it. I have power over that history. I have power with that history.
0: This idea for the book began forming when Kate was in her 30s. She felt she was stuck in the same habits and decided to stop and assess her life.
1: Classically, somebody should have been in therapy, you know, to do what I did. Um, and I've had, I had one woman later say, you had no business doing what you were doing. But in doing that, in unlocking that, I kept getting this very clear sensibility that I had to go back further and further and further. And... I was lucky that my parents were both alive, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother was alive. I could ask questions, um, and friends that I could draw them out because four people in a room are always having a different experience. You know, we might be in the same moment in time, but our viewpoint is so different. And so I was able to mine that as well as. When you take yourself apart, you begin to look from different perspectives. That's part of the beauty of it. You don't just see it, an experience, in a singular way, you know? A lot of the subjects I deal with in the book are considered taboo subjects. Sexual violence, violence at home, uh, violence in the culture in general, um, these more mystical components of my own experience. Relational aspects that either because a person is broken and they don't know how to deal with, or the culture, the family, whoever wants to keep them buried. Uh, So I knew I was biting off a lot to, to take this on. I knew I'd get pushback from the story. I knew I would have to be very clear in myself about what I was speaking for in public venues, with book groups, whatever, and I have. But... You know, we have whether any kind of history we're talking about, we have to be able to or willing to w- walk into provocative ground.
0: When Kate speaks at these public venues and when she leads workshops, she says she's often asked if writing the book was a therapeutic experience.
1: Writing can be terrifically therapeutic and has been for me in different. Uh, moments in my life, different time periods. However, writing the book itself was, when it came down to writing the book, I wasn't getting the rewards you get when you're doing deep diving um, to unravel history, because that was all done for me. So I had to be willing to go back into that past, because you can't write from something if you distance yourself. Not really, not well. Um, We need a certain distance to have perspective, but But my style of writing is vivid. And so I had to be willing to go back into that and sit with it day after day after day as a writer and get it that I got very few of those diamonds and rubies back for the for the work. Is it worth it now to have the book out? Absolutely.
0: Although Uncharted was not therapeutic for Kate to write, she says her readers see their own experiences in her writing, which is a therapeutic experience for them.
1: I mean the most common remark almost verbatim that I get about this book is from readers is I wondered why you were writing about my life. Early on I thought I knew what the first person who said that to me was talking about and I realized immediately I didn't know. The book has a lot of scope, you know. so they could be talking about coming out of a broken family, they could be talking about having been raped themselves, they could be talking about um, loss such as the loss of a child. You know, they could, be, they could be talking about so many things. And so I've learned to just be very present with that. And if they want to speak to more of that story that I've written, then great. But it's also very affirming and empowering for another person to see their own experience. It's been given voice it's liberating for them as well. I had one student very recently say to me, at the end of a class, she really wanted some private time with me, and one of her questions was, was there a point when you knew it was all done? And I didn't immediately say yes, because I felt that as, in a responsible way, I had to couch it in, there's a lot of work to get there. But yes. Eventually, it can all be done.
0: In this excerpt, Kate explores the reasons she and her friends were able to get away from their captor.
1: There is a story of a Buddhist nun on a journey home. Along the way, her traveling group is attacked by a robber baron. She is robbed, raped, and left for dead. She makes it home. Knowing the identity of the man who did so much harm to her, she invites him to her compound as guest of honor at a great celebration. He accepts her invitation. Secure in his power and false identity, he arrives to discover elegant and generous preparation, a great feast with finest foods and an open armed welcome. He accepts her hospitality in all the pomp of his imagined dignity and reputation. As the celebration unfolds, she stands amidst his followers and their shared community. She names the great damage he has done to her. She understands that her karma has ripened. She bows and forgives his trespass, releasing them both. The robber baron is undone, exposed in the face of her raw transparency. He weeps into the truth that has bloomed between them. He is a changed man. Their cycle of pain is ended. There was a time in my life that I thought that it was a singing on the night of our ordeal in Nevada that saved my friends and me. Unusual and unbidden like a miracle, that singing. Much later, I thought otherwise. It wasn't the singing. Then I believed it was the human connection that occurred between our abductor and me that did it, opening the way for song and our eventual release. But in time, I saw that too was not quite accurate. Then I thought the shift I made into dowsing for truth running in the current between all of us must finally have broken the spell, and all moments added up to that. Later still, I understood it was my friend's struggle over the gun that shattered my fatalistic terror so that the roles I played could come into being. It took all of us to survive. It is impossible to say which trail, which cause, which effect had saved us. Minds burdened with the terrible search for reasons. Some say there are no reasons. Forget searching for them. Life is random. In time, when I could at last sit with the full swath of my history and hold it, when I could cut back to the moment on the cold desert sand in the darkness when our abductor at last let us go, I saw that none of my conclusions were correct. So dense, so impermeable for so long, the veils of fear, revulsion, shame, ignorance, ego, trauma, distortion, and time had at last been stripped away, and I understood that none of the moments I had imagined were what saved us. At the very end, the man was still going to kill us. By the time I knew that, I had peeled down to the bare bones of my history. I no longer needed time, distance, or distortion to protect me from what had been. I no longer sought reasons. I no longer needed them. I simply knew how to hold my history, to be present with the full reach of what I had lived. Then one day a friend asked about that night in Nevada, and I saw our attacker exactly as he had been in the instant he ordered my friends and me out of the van. The extremes of his rage, his madness, his military precision, the bullet of his body as he leapt out his door. His decision had been made. He was going to kill us. Every cell of him focused to the task. We would run. He would shoot. It would be over. He'd gone completely feral. Time popped open and truth laid itself bare and that is when the moment that changed everything jumped into the light and I understood. Though my friends and I ratcheted and frayed against the force of his last commands, it was that last moment in the darkness where we gathered at the side of the van that brought the change that saved us. That last moment when he ordered us out and we pulled on our packs. That last moment when we thought we would go free, too unsettled to see his real intentions. I leaned across our small circle I embraced him. The expansive bliss of surrender still held me, even in that last chaos. Thank you, I said, for setting us free, I thought. And the words that changed everything crossed my lips. I love you, I breathed. The three words out of a vast force made way through the tiny vessel of my youthful inexperience and poured over him. Naive simplicity outpaced everything, expressed enormity, and penetrated the moment, reaching past the outer tip of hate, pain, and isolation. Three words were the instrument of our survival. Three words became the vehicle of redemption. Three words pulled one man back from the brink and the three of us with him. Three words saved us. Everything our human lives longed for spoke through those words. Acceptance, belonging, forgiveness. One word might have done it, love. Later, much later, this word saved my life again, opening the way to full life and greater cycles of completion.
0: That's Kate Cabot reading from Uncharted, A Journey Along the Edge of Time and Survival. This episode was produced by Amon Medina. I'm Micah Schweitzer. You can find more episodes of Spoken Words at wyomingpublicmedia.org. Spoken Words is a collaboration between the University of Wyoming's MFA in Creative Writing program and Wyoming Public Media.